Hey, Jason here. Today's video, I'm going to answer the question, should you invest in uh, tobacco stock, Altria, and its 7% dividend? This is an investment analysis for David C. who requested this on YouTube. Before I get to that, though, I need to let you know that this podcast or this video is a podcast that you may be for free on all major podcasting platforms, Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. If this is part of the I Love That Listen podcast, you can learn for free. If you like this video and our other videos, make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell here on YouTube so you're notified every time you listen to video and release new videos all the time. Okay, apologize if you see my other videos. I apologize for this. I don't want to do this, but I have to do it because every time I don't, I get nasty comments. This is for informational purposes only um, to help you become a better investor uh, by taking you through my process that I've developed in the last 15 years for finding great stocks fast by discarding crap companies faster. I don't short sell any stock I talk negatively about, or I don't short sell, sell ever, short sell, there we go, ever, so I don't profit off of any company I talk negatively about. I also don't own any stock in a company I talk posit- positively about either. These com- uh, these analysis videos are done at the request of viewers. Um, because of that, I oftentimes don't know what the stock does, and when that's the case, I purposely keep it that way because I don't want that to bias me in any way, either negatively or positively. I want to go into these analysis videos with a fresh view, fresh look. Um, Because of that, I don't, or because of that part of my analysis, I also don't care about the company's future. I don't care what the CEO says they're going to do. I don't care what their future plans are. At this stage of my analysis, I look at what the numbers are telling me right now today that you're about to see. why should you listen to anything I have to say? In the first nine years of my career, I produced average annual investment returns of 23.5% per year on average. That puts me just behind the great Warren Buffett and what he produced in the first nine years of his career at the Buffett Limited Partnership of 24.2% per year. Um, these numbers legitimately make me one of the best stockbrokers in the entire world of the last nine years. Um, now I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to actually prove to you that I actually know what I'm talking about a little bit. Okay. So, again, apologize for that. Don't want to do it. Have to do it. Oops. There we go. Okay. And thank you to Mahmood who recommended that I, instead of screwing around with the tabs like I always do because I have a million tabs open, actually being smart about it and putting these into a completely different window, which I never once thought of. But thank you, Mahmood, on YouTube for recommending that. Also, Key Ratios tab is back. Finally. I don't know what happened. They brought it back. I don't know if they were doing some work. I don't know if they plan to take it away. They brought it back. So are, we are back to our normal analysis, which you'll see over here in a second. Okay. So I have to upfront be transparent with you. I have owned, years ago, I used to own Altria when I first started investing, probably 10, 12 years ago. I owned Altria for a short time. Um, and I followed them off and on over the years. And for an investment site, I write for it, I actually recommended um, that the readers of that website buy the stock, but that was, I think it was February. Um, so this is essentially going to be a brand new analysis since they have new numbers, but I did want to say that up front. Okay. $8 billion market cap, huge dividend. I have said before that um, a rule of thumb, mental model, whatever you want to call it, if a company has a 5% or above dividend, to be careful. Um, And that is the case here too. 
Um, again, I'm going to try, even though I have evaluated this somewhat recently, uh, back in, I think it was February, I'm trying to come at this with a new set of eyes. So that's why I brought this rule of thumb up. And that's something we're going to watch to see if they can sustain this dividend, if it's too big, uh, because that is a red flag I've brought up before on some videos. I don't care pretty much at all for 4 PE, but at being at 10.4 is one sign the company might be undervalued. Okay, for those of you who aren't familiar with Seltria, they comprise Philip Morris USA, U.S. Smokeless Tobacco, John Middleton, uh, Stay Michelle Wines, not sure how to pronounce that, um, which they're selling, actually. I saw that in the news the other day. They're actually getting ready to sell them, but I think it's $1.2 billion. Newmark and Philip Morris Capital. Although the company plans to wind down Philip Morris Capital by the end of 2022 with a 10.2% interest in the world's largest um, brewer. And has our bush bush invent. That's two sentences. I should have broken up. <laughs> Those are not connected. I'm reading it. So that's interesting. We've not come across that before. Where another company's own another public company, so we're going to have to um, figure that out on the valuation. What that does to the valuation. I'll show you how that uh, works on the valuation. Loose Tobacco Subsidiaries, Altria holds the leading position in cigarettes and smokeless tobacco in the United States and the number two spot in machine-made cigars. The company's Marlboro brand is the leading cigarette brand in the U.S. with a 43% share in 2020, so massive market share there. Okay. Revenues have gone up from 2011 to... Uh, from 16.6 million in 2011 to 20.7 billion in the trailing 12-month period, um, that's fantastic. I'll tell you why that's happened in a little bit, because um, that's when you first see that it's probably a little bit surprising. Their operating margins are gigantic. They've actually gone up from 37.8% in 2011 to 54.3% in the trailing 12-month period. I look for anything about 10% on a consistent basis, so that's spectacular. Because of that, their dividends have continued to go up as well, um, which is an important point. Normally, I don't talk about dividends too much, but for Altria, it is because they are, I think they're a dividend king, either that or a dividend or a scrap maybe, um, which means they a lot of people buy them for their dividends. It's gone up from 158 per share in 2011 to 342 per share in the trailing 12-month period, while their shares have gone down. So usually when we do these analysis, we see share prices or share count go up. And it leads to share dilution, and it can lead often to um, lowering of the overall value of the company and lower share prices. This case, they're buying back shares. They've bought back about 200 million shares. Um, that lowers the share count, and because companies are valued based on the profits and cash flows per share that they produce, and at a very micro level, you can break that down to a per share level, that decreases this share decrease increases the free cash flow and profits per share which typically increases the value of the stock over time which I cannot show you because Morningstar they must be having issues because their chart is not working uh, let's go over here so what has that done in the last 10 years? Their share price is up um, 81%. So that so usually when I show you share 
dilution, it means the company's share price is down. This is the opposite of that. When you buy shares back, cash flow and profits per share go up, which increases the per share value typically of the stock. And that's illustrated in this case. Okay. Your cash flow is gigantic. It's up, actually. It's massive. Um, it's up from $3.51 billion in 2011 to $8.1 billion in the trailing 12 period. Why? So revenue is up. Operating profits are up. Operating profit margins are up. Free cash flow is up. Why is this happening when smoking in the U.S. is going down? This is happening because not only, obviously, is tobacco addictive, so people who get on tobacco, they stay on it pretty much for the most of their life unless they can quit smoking. The other side of that is because of their massive competitive advantages and partially because of the, um, the addictiveness of nicotine, they can continue raising prices on their products, which typically leads, or that will lead to higher revenues, and that typically leads to higher profits and cash flows. How can they continually raise prices? Again, smoking has become is obviously addictive, but vaping has been a part of this as well. That's increased smoking in the younger demographic. Um, another part of this is government regulations. Um, that seems counterintuitive at first. How does government regulations allow Altria to raise prices? Because there's very little, pretty much none, <laughs> um, competition in the cigarette industry for the last 40, 30, 40, 50 years. There's, what, two or three main companies in the U.S., and there's like five companies worldwide that produce the vast majority of um, cigarette and tobacco-based products. Because of that, and those government regulations around that, and the high taxes and legal fees and stuff like that that come with the smoking and tobacco industry, that keeps smaller, innovative competitors out of the industry, which... Um, keeps the industry from being disrupted, like technology industries, education, pretty much everything's been disrupted to some degree in the last 30 years or so, um, especially with the rise of the internet. Because of those high fees, high taxes, um, that has not happened in the cigarette industry. Vaping started to not necessarily disrupt it, add to it. Um, I wouldn't say that was a disruption to the model. Um, I would say they added to it. So that's those things combined along with economies of scale, which leads to distri distribution efficiencies and higher profits um, and stuff like that. And again, I'm going in a little bit more detail here than I normally do at this stage because I've owned, I used to own Altria a long time ago and I've stayed kind of in contact with them to some degree um, over the last several years. I know a lot about them. This is the power of competitive advantages over the long term. In a quote-unquote dying industry, their revenues, profits, cash flows are massively up. Um, this is not to say that, yes, some people I know will not invest in cigarette companies. Um, and other companies uh, like casinos and stuff like that because of their so-called sin stock status. Um, I understand that. Um, and I'm not speaking at this from a social perspective, from a moral perspective anything i'm just speaking from the numbers this is what's happening from the numbers perspective and why that's happening okay 
ROICs are good. That is concerning, though. Um, ROICs are down from 23.4% in 2011 to 12.5% in the trailing 12-month period. Still fantastic. I look for anything about 20, uh, 10% on a consistent basis. However, what I said is concerning. That's, I mean, yeah, that's a big deal. We need to figure out that. But the bigger deal is ROE at 91.6 compared to ROIC at 12.5%. That means the company has an enormous amount of debt. Um, so we need to figure that out. What's going on there? Free cash flow to sales is massive. Uh, and it's up from 2011 at 21.1% to 39.1% in the 12-month period. Um, I looked for anything about 5%, so that is spectacular. Decent amount of cash on the balance sheet. Have a ton of intangibles. We'll get into that because most of the time I say intangibles and goodwill are useless. In Altria's case, they are not. And I'll show you why. And they do have a lot of debt. As a percentage of their balance sheet, long-term debt makes up 58% almost of their entire balance sheet. That is a lot. This is another potential concern as well. Because the cash conversion cycle is up enormously. From 65 days rounded up in 2011 to 88.2 days in the trailing 12-month period. That is partially due to a rise in inventory levels when combined with a decrease in the payables period. So what does that mean in a real-world sense? In a real-world sense, inventory means they're having a, it's taking longer to sell stuff, which again goes back to the um, people in the U.S. mainly, and I'm talking about the U.S. here, um, because they, to my knowledge, only operate in the U.S. I'll treat us. I think Philip Morris International, which they used to be partnered with, or which they used to be combined with, um, they do the international stuff um, under the I think it's the same brands. I can't ever remember. Um, but why I'm speaking at the, at the U.S. here, because smoking is declining in the U.S., which is why their inventory levels have increased, or one reason their inventory levels have increased. The payables period has also gone down, which means they're paying their suppliers faster. Um, normally, I would say this is a problem and it still might be for Altria. Um, I know there are more, again, a ton of regulations in this industry. And so maybe the government is cracking down on their suppliers and making their terms more stringent. I don't know. Maybe they're just choosing to pay their payables faster because they have so much cash. That could be it too. Um, the inventory is the bigger issue though. Um, that means, again, it's taking them longer, about 14, 15 days longer to sell stuff, which means could mean that they may have to discount stuff for most companies. I doubt they're doing that, but that is a sign. Um, this entire number down here going up means the company is becoming less efficient. Um, and usually that means the company's margins are going down, but in this case, they're going up other than ROIC. That's down. That shows up in the ROIC that they're becoming less efficient. Okay. Most recent numbers they have just under six billion dollars in cash. Okay. 
Okay, we talked a lot in previous videos about intangible assets and goodwill for most companies being useless. This is one exemption to the rule, is Altria. Again, because I'm familiar with them, I know that their intangible assets have a lot of value. How do I know that? Because specifically their brand, Marlboro, owns 43% of the entire market in the U.S. for cigarettes. That is a massive market share. That uh, means higher pricing power. Um, that means higher margins. That means higher revenues. That means domination, essentially, a 43% market share. Nobody has 43% market share of anything anymore unless you're like a social media network um, type of stuff. That makes these intangible assets valuable. Goodwill, and that's $12.6 billion in intangible assets, have about $5.2 billion in goodwill. Again, 99% of the time I say this is absolutely useless. This is the 1% where it's useful. Why? Because, again, they have massive competitive advantages. This is what um, Warren Buffett calls economic goodwill. When a company has massive competitive advantages and it adds to the company, goodwill acts as leverage and it increases the value of the company. Um, why does that happen? Because the company typically earns higher margins, um, higher profits, which we just illustrated that they do. When that happens, goodwill becomes valuable. This is the 1% of cases where goodwill and intangible assets have a ton of value. Um, to illustrate that further, Marlboro brand worth. Just the brand of Marlboro is estimated to be worth $58.25 billion. Just the brand, not, not, the, not the company's operations, not anything else. Just the brand itself is estimated to be worth $58 billion down from a high of $87.5 billion, but that's equal to two-thirds. Sorry about that. My littlest one was coming up and asking me why I was talking into the microphone. Um, what I was saying is the brand value of Altria makes up about two-thirds of the entire market cap of the company. So another way to put that is you get the brand of Marlboro, you get the rest of the company's brands and its incredibly valuable operations for $30 billion. That's another way to look at that. Okay. They own other investments. Oh, that gets me, that reminds me. We need to look at the 10.2% of Bud. Okay, so another way to find out the value of that is because they're a public company, you can actually find out what 10.2% of the brand value of Bud is, and that is about $14 billion. So another way to put this is 14 14 billion in their ownership of Bud plus 58 billion rounded up in value of Marlboro brand itself, and that gets us to a value of 72 billion dollars just in those things. Again, so we get the valuable operations, the ultra valuable operations for 16 billion dollars. That's what we're paying for based on the current market cap. 
hope that makes sense because that's a very important point for companies that have huge assets, um, huge brand value, stuff like that. If it doesn't, let me know in the comments below. That would be net, or what I would do is I would net that from their long-term debt. So, so 72 minus 28.2. So that's about $44 billion in value still left over in the ownership of Bud and the brand value of Marlboro only. So again, uh, furthering what we were talking about earlier, that means you can buy that those things, net of debt, and or for the current price, and you get um, the valuable operations, which are producing $8.1 million in annual free cash flow. <laughs> so normally that amount of debt would scare me. For Altria, it does not because, again, they earned $8.1 billion last year in free cash flow. It means they could pay back this long-term debt in, uh, what is that, a little bit over four years? No, a little bit over three years. So that is, yes, it seems like a lot of debt for the company of its size. That is not a lot of debt, in my opinion, based on the cash flows. So if you've watched my other videos, that's probably surprising um, because I base my initial analysis off balance sheet strength. Yes, I do. But I also base it on the amount of profitabilities and cash flow the company produces at kind of the next stage analysis of the balance sheet. Um, if they produce an enormous amount of cash flows, like Altria does, um, consistently they can have more debt um, without getting into trouble. Nothing else of major note here. Okay. So their current PE, again, I don't care much for PE, price to cash flow or for PE, but when I do, I want these to be under 20. Uh, PE is 20.4, price to cash flow is 10.7, forward P is 10.4. That shows the company is undervalued by a decent amount. The most important number here is this one, enterprise value to EBIT. I look for any stock under eight, for this number, this is at 13.3. So what does that mean? With everything else about this company, what does that mean? To me, that means this company is about fairly valued and it's a great stock with massive competitive advantages, massive, massive free cash flow production. Um, massive free cash flow production that leads to a 7.2% dividend, which again, normally is unsustainable. <laughs> Anything over 5% on the dividend is normally unsustainable. By my estimates, this is not. Um, they may lower it at some point um, just to have more cash. But this shows the company is about fairly valued right now. Massive competitive advantage is all those things that I just said. So I would do more research on this company is what I would do. Normally, again, I look for any number below 8 here. Um, but... This goes back to that famous war, uh, I think it was Warren Buffett, might have been Charlie Munger, saying, um, I'd rather buy a great company at a fair price than a um, good company at a um, cheap price. Um, why? Because the power of compound interest and margins and profitability and cash flows and all the stuff we've been talking about. Uh, I would do more research on this company. 
However, I'm not going to do more research on this company at this point. Um, unless who requested this? Was it David? Let's go back to my other screen. David. Yeah, David C. Unless David C. or somebody else really wants me to. Um, because, again, I've personally done a lot of research in this company. So it would probably be, frankly, pretty boring um, to go through for you guys for that. Um, because while I can get rid of my biases looking at the numbers, I can't really get rid of my biases looking for things like competitive advantages and risks and stuff like that. Because, again, I've already done an enormous amount of research on this company over the years. Um, so having said that, if this is, company is looking good to you, and you're considering buying this, this is definitely a company to do further research into. I wouldn't say it's a buy right now um, because, again, I don't say any company's a buy without reading the financials and doing my full due diligence, but it's definitely a company to do further research into um, by my estimates at this stage. And that is rarity. We've only looked at eBay and I think Whitepoint as companies that look like potentially good investments right now. So out of all the videos we've done, so this looks like a good one. Uh, David C., great analysis here, or great recommendation on this analysis here. Um, thank you for that. If I miss anything, if I should explain something better, if I didn't explain something well enough, let me know in the comments below so I can fix that for you. Hopefully that part about the valuation and the um, the um, brand value and the net of debt and all that made sense. I went through that pretty quick. But what I was getting at there is that's a huge margin of safety. Um, that has a huge margin of safety because essentially you're buying, you get that stuff and you get the other profitable operations at today's price. Um, so it's just a matter of how you look at it. If you want me to look at a stock like this for you, every stock analysis video I've done over the last three, four, five months has been for a viewer recommendation, um, including this one. So let me know if you want me to look at a stock anywhere in the world for you. I am now because we're getting ready to relaunch our masterclass. I'm giving preference to paying students, but I will still do these free analysis for non-paying students as well. If the stock meets three criteria, can't be a bank because I don't evaluate banks. Can't be an insurance company because you actually have to dig into the 10Ks and the annual reports to evaluate those and has to be producing revenue. Why? Because I've done some videos where they weren't producing revenue and they were boring because if the company's not producing revenue, profits, cash flows at this stage, because I don't care about future growth like I talked about earlier, I don't have anything to talk about. So if it meets those three criteria, let me know any stock anywhere in the world, and I'll look at it for you um, in one of these videos and add it to my calendar. If you're looking more for more specific help from me on how to, or uh, if you're looking for more specific help on how to become a better investor, sorry, you can check out our free resources below, including our five free gifts, which you can get the full written worksheet for the process we just went through. So you can do this yourself um, as part of the five free gifts and get a, a free copy of my book, How to Value Invest, free PDF copy of my book, How to Value Invest, and a free copy of our guide, Seven Tips to Pick and Great Stocks, Three Times You Must Sell. You can get all three of those for free at the links below. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, love, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Really appreciate you guys watching. Um, also, hit the no make sure to hit the notification bell so you're notified every time I release a new video and I release new videos all the time. If you listen to all the podcasts, again, all that same stuff, we really appreciate you watching and listening. Um, but we'd also really appreciate a review on the podcast because the more reviews, views, and listens we get to our content, the more people we can help. If you're looking for more specific help from me on how to become a better investor faster, you can check out information on our newly relaunched masterclass. Um, we actually haven't officially relaunched it yet, 
that's coming next week on August 3rd. We've already got um, some students in there already. So if you want to join us in our and get more information about our masterclass and why people are joining, check out the link to that below as well. But until next time, have a great day. Talk soon.